Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. And then she, you know, takes it off and she'll like, Put some stuff on that's that's real tingly. She'll ask you what you want mm-hmm. before she starts. That sounds so familiar. And then she has. <laughs> what are you talking about? Nothing. The deed. It's just the way you were saying it. Oh, she touches there, and it feels kind of tingly. And she asks what you and want. And then she before. asks what you want. <laughs> it's a facial. <laughs> Love you, Vani. Mm. And there's like there's like mist falling in your face. <laughs> Again, and it's awesome. I said, I said, mist, not balls. <laughs> She's really good at it. Okay, that's what he said. Yeah, I've never, I've never had um, either. Of them. She's my son's girlfriend. I don't even want to go there. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'll, I'll back off of that. There was a weird story in the news this week. The only thing that I've had close to either of those is that the PT at my clinic will manipulate my neck. To make my knots go away or dry needle my neck, but that's not it. That's about it. It's not really a massage or anything like that. It's more like a yank tug. It's fixing you. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say yank tug? Yank tug. <laughs> They're fixing your neck. Don't be weird. <laughs> well, out of context, because I wasn't paying attention. Why is everything sounds- sex with you today? <laughs> everything trying is to sex cheer me with me up. every day. Yes, I'm trying to make Jessica smile. Jessica's had a rough day. We have to be especially raunchy. <laughs> All right, here it is. I saw this article. Actually, Vonnie saw it too because she said, oh my gosh, did you see this article? It's a novelist who penned How to Murder Your Husband. That's the the name of her book? The essay. It's an essay. Oh, okay. Sorry. And she has been charged with her husband's murder. (laughs) That's dumb. Last week, police in Portland arrested 68-year-old Nancy Crampton Brophy, charged with the murder in the death of her 63-year-old husband, Daniel. That's really an awkward sentence. Isn't it? Charged to with murder. For yeah. With the this murder is NPR, of... people. I mean, it technically right makes right sense. Right off of NPR. Anyway, so uh, her husband worked at the Culinary Institute mm-hmm. and the students arrived for class and found him shot dead. It's Yikes. like an episode of CSI. Yes, and this woman is a self-published author of romantic suspense novels. (laughs) We're just having this conversation about romantic suspense novels. Oh, no. You know what it reminds me of? Basic Instinct. Did you watch that? Yeah. I mean, that's... It's kind of an older movie, but the main character who is suspected of a murder is an author of books about murders and the murder that happens that they're trying to peg on her is described in her book. Yeah. Exactly. And it's yeah. not like, so the podcast, I'll do lots of podcasts on the left. They do yes. a segment about <laughs> the beautiful writer that kills. And it's like a guy who killed his wife and then wrote a book about a writer who killed his wife. Holy and that's how they fucking found out. Yeah. Did you see they just did a thing on Joe Exotic? And I'm so excited. To yeah, we just to talked it. about that last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that took a left yeah. turn I was not anticipating. Did you know they had his own line of condoms? Yes, I did. How did you not know that? I didn't I know that. I thought that was common knowledge. I didn't know that. 
<laughs> well, a guy who runs for governor doesn't always have his own line of condoms, but I suppose <laughs> in Oklahoma, s- that's standard operating procedure. So fucking they weird. They don't sell those at Walmart. <laughs> no, they don't. That's why I don't know about him. <laughs> no, he used to, like, he was infamous because he would, like, give them out for free and he would give them to children. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Skanky wanky. Uh-huh. Well, and inappropriate. I, I mean, if he spent as much on making the condoms as he did on his hitman, they're probably not quality. No. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> what, I'm did he thinking... pay 3000 Yep. That's yeah. such... I Look, if I was a murderer... <laughs> I would not write a book about three, killing someone $3, and then kill $3,000 is not that many dollars. <laughs> yeah, no shit. For murder. No. That's what we said, too. I owe more than that for my student loans. I was yeah. going to say, you can go to the college bookstore and spend twice that. Yep. Mm-hmm. For Very one semester. for one semester. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I thought interesting about this murder was like, it took them a while to pin it on her. They weren't like, it was the wife. It took them like a couple weeks or a couple months. Yeah. She, she wasn't a suspect the originally. Essay, the the essay described a range of possible motives for murdering a husband, ranging from... Avoiding the financial hit of a divorce to infidelity by a lying, cheating bastard, I'm quoting. And even the possibility that the wife is a professional contract killer. And she warned against committing a crime of passion, you know, because that's pretty obvious. They've been married for 27 years. And the day after her husband's death, she posted an update to Facebook. I'm sorry to relate the sad news. My husband, my best friend, the chef, was killed yesterday morning. For those of you close to me and feel this deserved phone call, you are right. I'm struggling to make sense of everything right now. But then a neighbor told the Oregonian of an odd interaction with her. She never showed any signs of being upset or mad, he said. I would say she had an air of relief, like it was almost a godsend. And she said she wasn't a suspect. It comes out that... He was abusing her, that I'm going to say good for her, or she's crazy. It's going to be one of the two. We'll have to see how that pans out. I'm sure there'll be more about it. I'm very, very interested. She looks mean. Of course, I look mean too, so I don't know. I think <laughs> anyone can look. If you saw me look... in the morning when I haven't had my coffee and I don't have any makeup on, you'd be scared of me too. I think everyone looks mean in their mugshot, unless they're one of those wackos that smiles, and then you're like, there's something very wrong with you. Like Ted Bundy, you mean? Ted Bundy. Yeah, he smiled in his mugshot, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. That's because he was a wacko. <gasps> yeah, he was. There's so many things wrong with him. You listen to the last podcast episode about him? Learned some stuff I did not want. I don't think I've listened to that one yet, but I did read The Stranger Beside Me. It was a deeply upsetting experience because in my head, I was like, he killed like eight or nine women. No, he killed like 35. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the whole book was just a shock for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like the eight or nine that are the most famous were like his spree. At yeah. the end. That was he, just the end of the murders. He killed all the sorority girls. Mm-hmm. Mm. We were trying to get away from I think if I things. was going to kill somebody, I sure as hell would not write an essay about how to do it and get away with it. Because that's just a big old red flag, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. That's a level of narcissism I'm not sure I have. Well, you know, <laughs> Maybe there I was, do. Who knows? There was a show on, and I don't know if it's still on, but it was I Almost Got Away With It. And it's these crimes that they almost get away with it, but they're caught in the end, obviously. But yeah, Tyler used to watch that until he started having nightmares about committing crimes. And then he decided he quit <laughs> oh, watching. I mean, I he was to... only like 16, 15 yeah, yeah. at the time. I think he was only 15. That's why I have to read, like listen to the last podcast in spurts. Too, that's too disturbing, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. They'll do like a series of something and, and I'll listen like... to that series and then take a break for like a week and a half. <laughs> 
There was one, uh, the one about Albert Fish. Oh, uh, like, he's a, hey. uh, anybody who will stick needles into his scrotum for fun. Let's not think about Albert yeah. Fish anymore. Yeah. I know, I listened nice to that one, and there guy. was a point halfway through that where I just paused and went, fuck. When I was a baby psychologist, <laughs> I actually wrote a paper about him, so that's why Did I Did you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did go to school to be a psychologist. I did too. Isn't it amazing how we're both here? I know. Wow. What does that say about us, I wonder? I don't know. I'm not using that degree at all. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, it takes one to know one. <sighs> too bad we didn't have Facebook Live because that was an awesome evil laugh. I even did the face. It was awesome. I'm in shock right now. Were you trying to say something, Jessica? <laughs> about what? Anything to get us off this subject, I guess. What? I want you to play a song for us on your ukulele. Please don't make me do it on air. Please, 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 please. <laughs> if it sucks, you can cut it out. That's true. All right. Yay! Hold on. I'm so excited. Oh <laughs> We're going to have music on the podcast. Oh we do need to get Justin on, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do, actually. You I know, bet. October is a notorious non-Nicole month because she doesn't like thrillers. So, so why don't we I, see if he will read He was a reading some Russian book novel. called um, Master and Margarita. So <gasps> That's supposed to be good. He was reading that. I don't know if he has finished it. Alyssa's been taking lessons for her ukulele. I love that word. That is just such a satisfying word to say. Ukulele. All right. We're very excited about Alyssa <laughs> All right, I'll hush now. The sky looks pissed. The wind talks back. My bones are shifting in my skin. And you, my love, are gone. Very nice. That was very bad, but thank you. I'm impressed. Better than I could do. And she just played so beautifully on her ukulele. I know. Very nice. Very nice. I feel like we're a much more cultured podcast now that we've had a musical guest, an official (laughs) musical guest. I need to gain more skills. Also, I'm entering a singing competition and it's due tomorrow. So I'm going to sing that song about 87 more times today. Wow. (laughs) A singing competition? I don't think I'm going to do very well. You have to like submit a video and then they tell you if you make the semifinals. But all the proceeds are going to... The Sooner Theater in Norman. So, oh. and I really like them. Now that we've talked about serial killers, had a little musical interlude, we have not talked about sex. Yes, hey, we did. Hey, <laughs> let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and, and the, the bad, bad things, things that may be. How many times have we had let's that song on this podcast? All right. <laughs> <laughs> At least three or four times. I don't know. There's something about that song. It just. That song is great. It is a great song. I mean, that song was so popular when I was in school. We didn't get to play that song on the radio because people in Wyoming were too prudish. They would play it on the radio, but not at the school dances. We're in the Bible Belt right now. Well, Do you think they, yeah. play, they play it here? It's a- yeah, we played it he- at this station. Hmm. This is a big city. That is true. <laughs> this is a big city. Almost city. Oh, That's we, very true. We played worse songs than... Yeah. Then that then those I songs. I wanna sex you up. Oh, Knockin' like Boots. Yep. Knockin' Boots was all about having sex with your boots on. Yep. That's the only thing that song was about. Moving right along. Perhaps we should now translate. No. 
<laughs> Excuse me. Transition. <laughs> Transition. I'm going to translate the words in my brain right now so that they will. I'm not doing my review in Spanish. Uh, how about Portuguese? I don't know that much Spanish. I'll do sign. Although I did make a blanket off of Spanish instructions the other day. I knew it. Ooh. See, she was listening to some kind of, yeah. I did. I'll show you a picture It was it. definitely not English that she was listening to. I could write it in Latin. You write Latin? That's pretty impressive. I mean, I could theoretically. That's the language <laughs> I learned. Theoretically. Um, my dad told me it was stupid to learn anything other than Spanish. And so I, being a teenager, really doubled down on doing the thing he didn't want me to do. And so I took Latin. How do you say so seize the book? Uh, Carpe... I don't remember the word for book. Well, I can't. It's probably lieb or something, but I don't remember. You have to know the gender of the noun, and I do not remember the gender of book. That whole gender of... It does make it harder because you have to memorize the gender of every noun you learn. Of every object in the known universe. Like carpe liber. Carpe liber. I'm to carpe liber. Somebody out there who knows Latin very well is laughing their ass off right now in my pronunciation. No, you said it correctly. I did? Yeah. Okay, then. Let's move right along, shall we? Are you ready, baby? Yes. And I have a disappointing review because I didn't really care for my book that much. What? (laughs) Yeah. Bless you. This is one that I grabbed just because I know the movie was really popular and I had not watched the movie yet. And it's The Pelican Brief by John Grisham. And I would have to say that this started off extremely slow. If I wasn't interested in politics, I probably would not have made it through the first three discs because I I listened to this on CD. The story was okay. It was very action-filled. I think this is more of a guy book than a girl book because it was very dry. It was very factual and action and not very much motion at all and not very descriptive in his writing. So I don't know if that's his style. I have not well, read you know, a lot I of think Grisham books. I did not I read that particular one. I read The Client. I read Runaway Jury. And The Firm. <clears throat> and I liked both of them. I could see. But I kind of stopped after. I mean, I tried to read a few of his other books, but and my engineer husband loved them. I could see him liking yeah. this. Because like I said, this is a very, I can. Uh, that's I a can Ron book right there. Completely understand guys liking this book because it's like an action movie. It's very mm-hmm. cut and dry. And, but let, for anyone who does not know anything about the Pelican Brief, what it is, is it starts off in like a college. And there's a professor named Callahan and a student named Darby. Darby. I just remembered that because (laughs) I remembered that because I I saw the movie and I wish you to really like Julia Roberts. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really cool name for a female. Yeah, I like the name Darby. Darby. And I knew a guy named Darby, but not a woman. Is sleeping with his student, Darby. And but she's really smart and she's not really interested in like having much of a relationship with him. And she tries to keep distance. Well, Callahan has really gotten attached to her. And he's kind of a drunk, too. But anyway, and he's a liberal. He's Democrat, right? And it starts off kind of with that. And then it goes into explaining about, like, Republicans and Democrats, like, in Congress. There's two judges at the very beginning of the book who are assassinated. And one of them is an extreme left-wing liberal. And he is not well-liked. So they're not really surprised that this guy just got bumped off. But this other judge, I want to say his name is Jenks or Jenkins. 
he's very central, but he leans a little bit to the left. So he's middle ground. So there's it's kind of confusing why he's assassinated. And he's a closet gay and he's assassinated at a like a gay movie theater where they're showing like brown chicken, brown cow, gay porn. So so it's kind of like he's murdered and has to come out all at the same time because they find his body at this gay porno movie show thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, Callahan hears about this and he actually likes this judge Rosenberg who's assassinated and he's talking to Darby about it one time when they're eating dinner and everything. And uh, she does a bunch of research and writes this paper, this brief about who she thinks is responsible for the murders. Well, she shows it to Callahan. Callahan shows it to a lawyer that he knows who's his best friend, who's a lawyer for the FBI. So then this brief gets passed up and you don't know what's in this brief. And she doesn't know it's getting passed up. And she doesn't know it's getting passed up. And then all of a sudden, somebody blows up Callahan's car and then tries to kill Darby. And so there's something in this brief that they're trying to get rid of the evidence for. And then it turns into, you know, Darby running from these bad people. And, you know, she's trying to get the word out about the brief so that it's out and she can be rid of it and she can disappear and not get murdered like everybody else. So the storyline is good, but it's just John Grisham's writing style was a little different for me. Right. Because it was dry. This, Like I said. It sounds to me like, and I did not read the book on this one, but it sounds to me like a perfect example of a book being translated well into a movie. Yes. And I could see where this would make a good movie. And and there are books like that. The Martian was like that for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a horrible book. So damn dry as a bone. I know some people loved it, but I could not even. But it was a pretty good movie, though. Yeah, it was a really great movie. I agree. Mm -hmm. And there are times when it works well. And I've heard that this is a really good movie. I've, I've, it was good. And Julia Roberts was excellent in it, yeah. I thought. Was but. this at peak Julia Roberts' time, too? It was. That's such a nice... I wanted her hair so badly. <laughs> she did have pretty awesome hair. It used to be curly and yeah. red. Oh. One more thing that I wanted to say about the audio version of this book. And I don't know, I haven't read the book, so I'm assuming that the writing is the same way. They use okay in every fourth sentence in the whole book. Oh my God. They end almost like so okay. many sentences. Okay. Is like, that like, like, like? Like, yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm not that's an like, author. Okay. I'm not writing this down. Okay. That's how my boss talks. He's like, okay, we're going to do this, this and this. Okay. Yeah. But like, like she would be giving instructions on somebody who she's meeting and, you know, complicated extra- instructions because she doesn't want to, you know, in case they're followed. And they're like, then I need you to take the one-on-one bus, stand outside this for five minutes, and then go into the very back corner and blah. Okay. And then you do this and this. Okay. And then and then sometimes <laughs> it wasn't even like for something like that. It's like, and then I read the last page of this book. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, I guess. Sometimes like, the, weird. <laughs> Sometimes when you're listening to an audio version of a book, those little idiosyncrasies just glare at you. And mm-hmm. it might have been okay with the actual yeah. writing and yeah. reading of the book, but to listen to it, it was just okay. Was 
I, I mean, I think they said it 350 times. Personally, while I, was re- I think that the author it. should be required to read their book out loud before they can publish it. Or, I don't know, do a work personally, search on OK, no, and if it's more than 500, take some loud. of them out. <laughs> you can find a lot of flaws when you do it that way. So I would say this is not one of my favorite books in the world. I would probably only give it a three. Yeah, that's all right. It was very difficult to get through. Somebody with a very um, matter-of-fact style, like my husband, for example, who really, really likes those kinds of books, might really enjoy it. Right. And like I said, I could see guys liking this book Yeah, a lot. And it was called The Pelican Brief by John Grisham. Do you want me to go next because you like it when we go on a line? I like it when you go on a line. Everything's all neat and tidy. <laughs> if you keep talking in that baby voice, I will walk over there and smack oh, sorry. you. Good, because I need some little more prep time before I review this book. Sweet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a little controversial. Oh, I've got a controversial one too. Uh, yeah, okay, I don't. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Alyssa. Lighten us up there. So, I was... I'm, I've picked book number three in my queue this week uh, because I didn't have a chance to read the first one and then I decided I didn't want to review the second one. So today I am reviewing A Scandal in Spring by Lisa Kleypas, which is a historical romance novel, which is one of my favorite things on the planet. Like fuzzy socks and... Yeah, like fuzzy socks and tea and my dog, when she's not being an asshole. And when she doesn't eat books. And yeah, when she books. doesn't eat books. Or like earlier this week, she uh, found some yarn. And the ball of yarn was in my room, but the end of the yarn was in my living room. But just wait till it, just wait till it comes out her ass and you have to pull it out of oh, there. Oh, she didn't eat it. She oh, just she just pulled it. Because that is it. really gross. Yeah, no, she just pulled it across my entire apartment. Awesome. Lovely. On an unrelated note, have you read Last Christmas in Paris? No. Who's that by? Oh shit! You would ask that. Um, <laughs> we'll look it up. Read it. We'll do this Nicole, in the end. Look it up. Oh, <laughs> I can look it up. I got it. I I, I reviewed it. I think, but um, I think you would like it. It's a good Excuse Christmas me. Book. Yes, it made me ball like a little baby. Back I bitch. love holiday themed books in December. I only read winter and assorted holidays. But it's a historical romance. Yes, like World War Two. Yes, I would be so into that. <laughs> All right. That is by Hazel Gaynor. Yes. Gaynor. Yes. Okay. I'm going to read that this winter then. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So Lisa Kleypas is kind... It, she's one of the kind of pillars of historical romance. I've reviewed Julia Quinn before, who's also a pillar of historical romance right now. Um, and so Lisa Kleypas, this is one of her most famous series. It's the Wallflower series. This is actually the last book in the series, but they're all standalones and you can read them in whatever order you want because I did and it didn't really affect anything. It was fine. So we're in Regency England <gasps> because that's where the best ones are set. So we're in Regency England and Daisy is the last of her friends to be married. Her older sister's just gotten married. Her best friend just got married and her other friend just got married. So she is kind of, losing <laughs> I knew that was coming I was like damn it Alyssa what? I just pointed at Jessica because she's been in like 10,000 weddings and she's always the bridesmaid <laughs> so sorry no it's a good thing she's way too freaking young to get married Preach. <laughs> anyways continue anyway. so <laughs> so Regency England best friend 
Everybody getting married. married. Yes. So, um, and she doesn't, Daisy doesn't really have any prospects. She is, um, she doesn't really know what she wants out of a husband, um, which fair. And no one seems to be particularly interested in her right now because wallflowers are quote unquote bad. They're not very social and they don't know how to do all the nice social things. And most of them read books. Well, this is a whole goddamn podcast full it's of wallflowers right here. a whole right podcast here. of wallflowers and then Justin. <laughs> and, and Josh. Josh. <laughs> and Josh. And my father. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget Sean. <laughs> Sean the Magnificent, who sends me weird Facebook messages when he's bored. <laughs> yeah. You don't even get the weirdest ones. I get all of them first. And if I don't reply for a period of time, then I think he turns to you guys. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, Just go kidding, ahead. I love my dad. He's awesome. So, <laughs> I know, we keep dig- digressing. Oh my God. Wallflowers. It's fine, yes. So Daisy is the last of the wallflowers. Um, and then someone from her family's past comes to town. So the interesting part of this story is neither the hero or the heroine are actually English. Um, they're both American, and they happen to be at a house party in Hampshire. I don't know where that is. A protege of her father's, Matthew Swift, has come back to town. And Daisy doesn't really like him. He's kind of, he's got all of the worst traits of kind of, that a man can have. He's kind of, like, he's super rude, kind of crabby. I had more, but I can't focus anymore. That's my fault. Self-absorbed. Self-absorbed. He's a um, dick. Really ruthless. Yeah, he's a dick. Matthew's a real dick. Um, But as it turns out, Matthew's been a real dick specifically to Daisy because he's been in love with her since he met her. Is he 13? <laughs> no. Like, well, not anymore. A boy, like back when the boy, if a boy hits you, that means he likes you. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean. But not, not, in, not in the battered wife type way. I'm talking no, about just an really, eight year old. He kind of ignores her and doesn't an talk to way. her and stuff like that. So he, um. He's in love with her and has been for a very long time, which is one of my favorite romance tropes. Anyway, so um, as it turns out over the course of this house party, Daisy finds out that Matthew is in love with her. And she's in shock because she hates him <laughs> and also thought that he hated her. Stop making eyebrows, Martha. I'm not. I'm yes, really you are. <laughs> No matter what I do over here, no matter what I do, I, I get eyebrows. We're gonna make it. She through. doesn't. She she doesn't even know she's doing it. I think. No, she does. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, she's gonna have to edit the fuck out of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <she is. laughs> You're causing your own suffering. <laughs> Oh, okay, go ahead. (laughs) So Matthew is in love with Daisy. And then over the course of the book, guess what? What? Daisy falls in love with Matthew, too. No way. And it's really great for a while. And then because conflict is a good thing and that's how books work. um, As it turns out, Matthew has a very bad past. And maybe, maybe not. He murdered someone. Oh, I thought Uh you were going to say herpes. (laughs) 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 Why was that where that went? No. (laughs) Because I'm trying to cheer you up, Jessica. Martha, I feel like I need to force you to read a historical romance novel. (laughs) Just once. (laughs) Just one time. I think syphilis was more present at this time. Correct. Herpes. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
and the madness. Also, sexually transmitted infections or illnesses. Illnesses, infections, whatever. Infections um, are not really a topic of historical <laughs> romances from Regency England. It kind of kills are. the romance part of it. Um, it really does. <laughs> Yikes. So maybe Matthew <laughs> murdered someone. Maybe he didn't. Uh, we find out by the end of the book. And as all the things I review, surprise, surprise, in the end, they end up together because they're in love. And that's how romances end. So that was Scandal in Spring surprised. by Lisa Claypus. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. <laughs> she said that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 made it. It's over. There's like massive overlap there. Say that again. And everybody else, shush. Which part? The, the, the title and artist. The title is Scandal in Spring by Lisa Claypus. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just the way she said that, because that's how romances end. And if you don't know that, you're a fucking idiot. That's It's a requirement. I just really wanted to finish. She's I'm still feels- laughing about the part where it's herpes instead of murder. <laughs> My darling, I have loved you a long time, but I have a secret. Well, I secrets. Well, I have herpes. I have herpes. <laughs> but I must ask you, does it burn when you pee? <laughs> Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. That's how we lighten it up, man. We're all weeping over here. I guess we get to test out to see if my new waterproof uh, eyeliner works. Yeah, I don't know how my not waterproof mascara is doing right now, but I'm sure it's not doing well. I cried all day, so I had to wash my dog. Am I weeping brown tears right now? No, you're good. Hey, Stay it really on. works. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, Alyssa, really? Yes. I know that the reason that you say that at the end is because you know that I'm not a fan of romance novels, but it's okay because most people do like romances. I'm the weirdo in the room over here. I would say a lot of people like romances. I don't think everyone does. My family found out. I don't know why. I guess I don't just tell them, hey, this is what I'm reading this week all the time. My dad, the other day, he was like, wait, you were like romance books? <laughs> like, I've been the reading them been? for 10 years, but yes? He was like, I didn't think you were into that kind of thing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you even know me at all, Dad? <laughs> I mean, how is romance novels that kind of thing? It's not like you're... You don't know, Greg, man. <laughs> It's not like you're reading obscure Russian authors like Justin, where that's like an uncommon thing. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's weird. I mean, romance is pretty, you know, streamlined. Pretty standard, yes. Yeah. Well, because also the thing is, is I also like murder and mystery. And so oh, okay. So I like it really isn't very compatible. Things. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, we're done with me now. I take so- your turn. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, here's the thing. We got to get it all out now because my book is pretty. Um, Are we about to get really sad? Not sad. Just kind of. Um, I closed the book, scratched my head, and said, "What the fuck?" At Ooh. one point. So <laughs> I was like sitting in the living room. Mom and dad are in there. Alex in there. Luckily, niece and nephews were not around because I just like closed the book and I was just like. Oh my gosh, I don't even know if I want to review this book because it's so controversial and I don't even know. So the book is about 
Um, Give us title and artist first. Okay, the book is called All uh, All the Ugly and Wonderful Things by Bryn Greenwood. And it is about a little girl who's the daughter of a meth dealer. And a, like, I don't know if her mom's just drugged out or if she has some sort of mental disorder, but she's horrid. The little kid is? No, her mother. So she grows up being abused and she grows up around uh, meth dealers and her father's multiple girlfriends and she doesn't have anybody that she loves in her life except her baby brother and so like at age eight she's a response the only responsible adult in her house she's taking care of her two-year-old brother she's getting herself enrolled in school she's having to take care of herself because her mom's always drugged out and never gets out of bed and the only time that she ever gets out of bed is when she's in one of her like weird mental states and she doesn't let her eat like she thinks that the mouth is a dirty place and that's how dirty things get into you so she like and if she's dirty or anything like that as a kid she would like bleach her oh and like, my god so she she grows up with this very strange thing about eating like she won't eat at school she won't eat in front of in front of people ever she like will go dig stuff out of the trash when no one's looking to eat because Whoa. her mom has put this like i can't eat anything because it's I can't eat in front of anybody because then they'll know that I'm dirty and then they'll get beat kind of thing. So it's really terrible. But, and it's told from lots of different points of view. But her life kind of changes when one of her dad's thugs who becomes, this is the really tricky part about this book, but um, he wrecks his motorcycle outside of her house. And she gets him to the, like calls 911, gets him to the hospital. And from then on, he takes care of her. But it gets kind of rom- romantic. Oh, damn. What is she? How old is she? 10 now? 13. Oh. But, um, and he's 26. Uh. Yeah. See, cringy. See, cringy. Uh. <laughs> this is where, so like in the beginning of it all, it's like she has this crush on him and he like loves her, like, but not in like a sexual way. It's all about like she. He's He's taking care of her, right? He's taking care of her, making sure that her and her brother get fed while their mom's passed out on drugs and all this stuff. And he's, you know, making sure she gets to and from school. He starts taking her to school because kids bully her on the bus. And, like, he's very like that with her. But it kind of starts to develop into, like, a love thing for her a lot. So she, like, is... He's that's pretty for nor- both of them though. Oh, I don't, yeah, you redeemed it for half uh, yeah. a second. Okay, so this is why this book is so confusing to me. Like, because you don't like you know you're like, oh fuck that was bad, but at the same time you're like, but it's not about that to him. It's like because she's grown up around her dad and his women, she starts that. Oh, and he doesn't say no and um then she yeah so (laughs) i don't yeah that was the part of the book where i was like oh god why (laughs) you know though to be fair yeah people grow up in all kinds of different ways Mm -hmm. and it's your normal Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying that's and that's her normal and it happens so I'm absolutely certain that there are people listening to this podcast that have had unusual childhoods. We mm-hmm. all have. So your normal might be different than Bonnie's normal 
or my normal or somebody else's normal. So if you grow up around it and it, the only role model you have mm-hmm. is someone that behaves that way, what you know, yeah, you and don't know any better until you get out into the world. Right. Yeah, um, but that normal is still illegal. It is illegal. It's horrible. Illegal. I'm not, yes, I'm no, not justifying not, it. Not justifying I'm just saying that at all. What I'm saying is <clears throat> for the girl. That's her normal. Yeah. That's her normal. And, and she, she's not an adult yet. She doesn't make choices like an adult makes choices at 13. But that's no, when right. a 26-year-old should have been well, an adult. he should have, yes. And, but the, also, the thing about him is he's kind of like uh, Lenny. And I have my cement kind of. So he's not oh, so very. He's, he's not the brightest in the not world. Not the brightest in oh, the that's world. That's even worse. Not like I don't know, but you can't defend it because no. But the thing about this book is that it, for one, it's a really good perspective on like dark, terrible childhoods and the things that are different for you when you grow up like mm-hmm. that, and also just the whole book. You're really pulling for him. I'm like, man, when she turns eighteen. Or when she's old enough to make that decision, they're going to get married. Because you're, you're pulling for them the whole time because they, they love each other in like a very non-way for the first three-fourths of the book. And then you're like, what the actual fuck were you thinking? Uh. <laughs> but if, if he's not quite the brightest bulb in the box, then yeah, you could see where he would struggle with that decision. Yeah, so it's kind of weird and it's not like he has a thing for kids and it's not like it's an abusive way he just loves her and i don't Oof. it i don't even know how to go about it and the reviews that i've read because i was like i read this book and was like i don't know what uh, how i feel about this book so i was like let me go read the reviews and see if anybody else is having the same thing and i got a lot of the same and then i got some stuff where it's like there's one post it's like you know how they do S, S T, S T O P, like all the way down. You know, oh, those posts. Yeah. And it ends with stop sexualizing children. So not a good review. <laughs> and then Fair. there's one where it's like this book just kinda destroyed me because you're really pulling for them to have some sort of happily ever after in some way. Not yeah. not necessarily yeah. in a that mm-hmm. way, but it just it, it's Yeah. But yeah. To to say that that's sexualizing children is not correct because People do grow up in really fucked up circumstances. Mm-hmm. And who are we to, you know, s- could be the authors telling from personal in- experiences. We don't yeah. know that. And I really loved the really loved the book. I liked the way it was written and I liked the kind of the issues it brings up. And I really I loved Wavy because she's just has so much reason to just quit and give up yeah. but she's just strong and stubborn and you just love her and you even love um kellen the guy that because it gets told from both of their perspectives and you love him for the way that he loves her mm-hmm. until it's but it's like, interesting that you chose to review this though yeah because it's not really my well i guess it kind of can be i like I the fact that you chose it yeah. can you guess why Cause... because it made you so uncomfortable yes when a book makes us uncomfortable that's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. It really is. And stuff like this happens every day. Mm-hmm. And people don't talk about it. Yep. And I think that's why it's titled the All the Ugly and Wonderful Things. Because to her, he's the most wonderful thing that's ever happened to her. But to everybody else, it's very ugly. Because she's, by the age of 10, she's basically an adult. She's 
having to take care of totally herself and her brother and make sure her mom doesn't, you know, choke on her own vomit and stuff like that. So it's it's just so many just weird. I, don't, I still don't know how I feel about it because I'm still kind of like a well, little sick over it. But Usually with books like that, and I've found myself in that situation many times where I go, I hated this. Mm-hmm. It was awful, but it was great. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, why Oleander has something similar to that, not quite the same, not quite as dark as that, that happens between two of the characters, and one is underage and one is an adult, mm-hmm. and they end up starting a relationship, and which should never have happened, but when you read the book, you can understand why it happened, and it wasn't like anything was forced or anything, it was just the fact when one of them was too young. Yeah, exactly. And that's the big thing. That's and, the main thing that just kind of was like, Ugh. I know it's hard. It's hard to look at stuff that we don't want to look at. Yeah. But that's what great literature is about. It was very being able good. to Is being able to stand back and look at this and go, wow, mm-hmm. I, I have such a great life. Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't have to deal with that. I'm going to go through up now. Okay. Okay. Give me the title and artist of that again in case anybody wants to uh, go into a really deep, dark place. Yes. Um, It's called All the Ugly and Wonderful Things by Brendan Greenwood. But would you recommend it to somebody? Do you think that the writing style was, I mean, it was was still a good book. I really enjoyed reading it. I started reading it when we were in Colorado. I didn't get a lot of reading done in Colorado, but it was a very good book. It was written really well. I liked that they talk about it from like a thousand different perspectives. So you get their perspective on their own relationship, but you get everybody else's perspective on their relationship right. from her teachers to her cousins to some of the other meth dealers. Like hmm. you get all kinds of things, but man, it really ate me up a little. <laughs> yeah. I'm still kind of book hangovering. I don't know what to read next. I think I may try to read Space Opera because I need something light. <laughs> and you know what? Funny. I- I'm kind of not going <clears> to <throat> review the book that I was just going to review because it's dark, too. And it's so dark that I'm afraid that we're going to go down the freaking rabbit hole. You should have put me in between you guys. I should have. <laughs> Lift it up a little before I'm gonna sending choose- it right back down again. I'm going to choose something else. All right. We should have had our ukulele break between them. (laughs) (laughs) Life's depressing, but it's okay. (laughs) Are you sad? Here's a song. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll just do the one I was going to do on a different day. (laughs) So sorry. No, that's fine. I just wasn't expecting Jessica, who's the fantasy freak over here. To be that dark. That's okay, though. It's good for you. It's good for you to branch out. I do like books like that. I've read, you know, The Kite Runner. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I've read A Thousand Splendid Sons Mm -hmm. and a lot of deeper stuff. But honestly, school is depressing. I don't like to read depressing shit when I'm in school because I already want to cry all the time. (laughs) Can't say that I blame you. Space (laughs) opera is a great choice. Okay. All right. I think I will go science fiction. Just like last week, only a little different. Uh, The book I read is called The Relic by Alan Dean Foster. I really like this guy. I mean, for some reason, every time I read a book by Alan Dean Foster, it feels like putting on the most comfortable pair of shoes I've ever owned. (laughs) I don't know. His writing style just feels like home to me. I really like the way he writes. Um, The Last Human, The Very Last Human, is basically in the custody of aliens. And he is treated like um, not really a zoo animal because, I mean, they treat him really well. 
and he has a handler that goes around with him all the time. So they treat him like an oddity, like a curiosity for children to stare at. And a matter of fact, in one of the portions of the book, he's, they're walking through this garden area and this little kid comes up to him and starts sort of harassing him. Mm-hmm. He's the last human, you know. These are all all kinds of wackadoo, different types of creatures. And here's this soft-bodied human. So they know all about human history and everything, mm-hmm. but they get the opportunity to ask him questions. And one of the reasons that they like having him around so much is there are all these ruins. In fact, there are several planets worth of human relics around, but they don't really know quite what all this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Like if they run across a cassette player, they don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> they have no way of knowing what that is. So he's the guy that goes with them to identify stuff, basically. Cool. Um, and uh, he's, like I said, he's the sole survivor of a human-created plague. Is he Typhoid Mary? No, he's not Typhoid <laughs> Mary. They find him. They, they find him in some isolated camp. He's survived, and they pluck him out of danger, out of harm's way, and and take care of him. And they haven't run across any humans in years. I, I'm I'm thinking like twenty years or something like that. And they're talking about how to bring back the human race and they've talked to him about cloning and they've you know tried to bring all these things up because they're planning on restarting the human race one way or another and then one day they go they take him along to one of these planets to try to for him to help them identify things and they find another human actually they find two it's a great story because it's about several different types of things it's about all of the bad things that humans have done to themselves and, you know, all of the horrible diseases and all of the things that wipe them out. But it's also about the relationships between humans and aliens. So it's interesting. And plus the, the characters in this novel are really great. And then if you add in all of the, the, the search for old Earth, which they've been searching for this planet for years and years and years and years. And nobody knows where it is. And then all of a sudden they find it. But when we get there, there's another race of aliens already there. But this dude is a human. So he's like, well, I'm claiming it. (laughs) So it's interesting. It's got a lot of different things going on in it. And it was really a nice, for me, relaxing read. Sometimes you just got to go back to what you love. And in this case, for me, it was The Relic by Ellen Dean Foster. It wasn't a five-star book by by any means, but still good. for me, like I said, it's like a comfortable pair of shoes. This guy's writing style is so good, and he his plots are always very well thought out. His his aliens are incredible. I love them. I love his aliens. Um, I read the Human Blend a while back that I re- reviewed on this podcast as well. Looked everywhere for the dang thing in the bookstore, and still haven't found it. I'm probably going to have to go to Amazon and get it. If you like science fiction, pick up some Alan Dean Foster. He's really good. That's my romance. <laughs> Alan Dean Foster, or, or science fiction is, to me, what romance is to you. How would you feel if I told you I bought a romance novel called Ice Planet Barbarians? I wouldn't be surprised at all, actually. There's a lot of... Uh, I had a friend who read it and loved it, and I was like... Okay. I just need to buy it and find. I just want to know <laughs> what's happening. Well, you know, there's a lot of fucking that goes on in space. 
Well, I mean, why wouldn't there be? Yeah. Not usually in... in the th- weird thing about science fiction novels is they're usually... There's, there's usually a little sex in there somewhere. Is there? But, but the, yeah. But the, I don't remember the last time I read a science fiction book. There's usually some in there. It's just really not about relationships all the time. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much other stuff going on that it doesn't dominate the storyline. Right. Even though it's usually a part of it somewhere. Right. I mean, most there's books a part have of, some kind of yeah. romance going yeah. on somewhere in the book, even if it's action, science fiction, yeah. historical fiction. Yeah. It's just not fantasy. it's just not the main course. Yeah. In this particular one. But I'm sure hey, it'll make you think about sex in space and there you go. <laughs> how do they do it in the spacesuits anyway? How does how does zero gravity really affect the penis? Can you maintain an erection in zero gravity? I genuinely want to know. Hmm. These are the things I think about it. Can I Google that on this computer? <laughs> <laughs> maybe Martha is that your sign on maybe you shouldn't do that okay. <laughs> I could just imagine what kind of pop up you get with that kind of Google space shirt today I am I'm wearing my Marvin Martian shirt yes it's very and, cute and the whole sci-fi thing I'm the like the queen of of sci-fi sort of I really am not that big of a hard a hard sci-fi person but I really do enjoy that whole space thing I want to get back into fantasy too. I just I bought to be. A, I just bought a fantasy novel at Full Circle Books today. Ooh. Called what's it called? It's by Patrick Rothfuss, and I've oh. heard a lot about him. Mm-hmm. And I know that Nicole's Travis loves his books, and the library does not have any audio on that. And so finally, I broke down and bought a paperback and started reading it. And so far, it's very good. Ooh. So we'll see. Maybe if I get done by next week. Okay, I have an answer to your question. It says, uh, no. Yes. (laughs) You got it. In microgravity, it would be difficult for enough blood to flow to the penis during an erection. On Earth, Earth humans carry much of their blood in the lower half of their body, but in space, it redistributes up top more. When you combine the reduced blood flow from microgravity with the above, you get a penis that just isn't necessary. Isn't getting the necessary juice to sustain an erection. I'm so disappointed right now. Juice. How can you possibly have? <laughs> I mean, that would be like the ultimate mile high club, would it not? Mm, I mean, it's too bad. Damn. Now we can't even fantasize about it. <clears throat> well, it says it would be more challenging, but it's um, could still technically be possible. But to be fair, it also says it won't be easy to get a lady boner either. So thanks, BuzzFeed, for that great information. <laughs> Lady Bone. Well, they're not going to tell us if they ever did it, of course. Until we get some empirical evidence on space boners, this will remain one of life's greatest mysteries. <laughs> oh my That's God. a great line. So okay. Cool. I'm going to sign up for that. I think on that note, <laughs> that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.